This episode of Champions Mojo is sponsored by the Health Coach Institute. What they tell me is not going to come out in print. It's going to only what best represents each person because I feel me and the managers and publicists, all us journalists and the subjects have the same goal, which is the a good story. That way everybody benefits and you move on to the next level. Welcome to Champions Mojo, a podcast to bring out your inner champion. Your hosts are sisters-in-law, Kelly Palace and Maria Parker. Kelly is a former Division I head swim coach, Olympic trials qualifier, and holds national and world records in master swimming. Maria holds world records in endurance cycling and won the world's toughest bike race, Race Across America. Both are certified health and life coaches. Our goal is to inspire you through conversations with champions. And now your host, Kelly Palace. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Champions Mojo podcast, where I am co-hosting with Maria Parker. Hey, Maria. Hello, Kelly. Maria, today's show is going to be really special. I'm so excited as our guest today is a famous power journalist having written over 12,000 articles. He is also the co-author of the book Manifesting Your Dreams, which went to number one in three different Amazon categories, swimming, sports biographies, and grief and bereavement. That book was also recognized in Oprah Magazine. And for 2020, he was just named the best Long Island personality, and he is in great company because that honor has gone to Billy Joel six times in the past. It's none other than our good friend and fellow journalist, Marcos Papadados. But before we bring Marcos in, Maria, can you share a little bit more about Marcos? Sure. I'm really delighted to welcome Marcos to the show, too. He started writing about entertainment, but got into swimming journalism in September of 2017. And ever since, he's interviewed the A-listers of the swimming and coaching community worldwide, He's also the editor of two publications, The Digital Journal and Raver Magazine, where he started the Sports That Rave section. Marcos is definitely a champion in his field, and we're looking forward to hearing some of his secrets for success. So without further delay, let's say hello to our very special guest and friend, Marcos. Welcome to the show, Marcos. Thank you, ladies, for having me. I'm honored. Yeah, we are really excited. Yeah, because we, you know, we consider ourselves fellow journalists, and we've had a lot of top journalist on the show, and you're just going to fit right in with that. So what attracted you to journalism? Well, I got into journalism at Queens College back in February of 2006. Back then I was studying education, but there were no teaching jobs due to the hiring freeze. And at the same time, my college newspaper, The Night News, was looking for writers and staff uh, members. So I wanted to give it a try. And then I, what I noticed was people were responding to my articles in the most positive way. And I knew that there was something special about it. So I loved reviewing events, networking with people, and being more the privilege to talk to all these people I idolized growing up. That is so cool. Yeah. I, I, you know, from what I know of you, you just really like people, don't you, Marcos? Yeah. I love the uh, storytelling. One of the things that I would love to tell a little story about you, uh, because I, you know, you and I met at the International Swimming League's big meet in the DC area. That was the first time that we had met and we met in the press room. Yes. And 
I want you to talk a little bit about your philosophy, which is is in the book that you are a co-author of, and people can get a little deeper on it there. But one of the philosophies that you said that you really embrace, and it's so evident in the way that you have supported us. So here I am. This is my first ISL meet. I'm kind of a little... You know, I'm I'm a little nervous being in the press room and there you are and you've got all this experience and this is the first year of our podcast and you were so friendly to me, so helpful. You connected me to a lot of people and you, I think you call this paying it forward or helping, you know, helping others. And you've so done that with Maria and I and our podcast and you write about this in the book and I would love for you to talk a little bit about that. Yeah, it's just about uh, helping others and just uh, success is not success unless it's shared with other people. Yeah, that's really beautiful. That is a, that's a great quote right there. What are some of your most favorite things about journalism? I love getting to meet inspiring people, whether it's from the realms, from the arts, entertainment and sports, getting to tell their different stories. Because right? I use journalism as a vehicle to educate, inform, entertain and persuade and inspire my readers. Nice. Yeah, you said in in your book that you you wanted to first write about country music, which I just thought was was really funny because there's this Greek American and you loved country music, but you were writing about it in a time that in a place where nobody really cared. Is that tell tell us about that? In high school, I could never get anything published because I I loved country music at the time, and back then there was no country station in New York, so it was taboo. So. They would decline all my articles. And back then, I think I was working on them harder than I'm working on them now. So I'm like, why is this? And they told me that uh, you're a nice guy, but you're not writing on anything relevant. And then a few years later, once they got the country station in New York, I was happy to say that I'm, I was country when country wasn't cool. <laughs> <laughs> how, how, did, how did you get into country music living in New York City as the, as the son of, of Greek immigrants? I got to know that. I guess I just, I also did four years in Greece. So I just, you know, we had like a country life, like a farm life. And I just resonated to like the traditional country artists, George Strait, George Jones, Merle Haggard, Dolly Parton, uh, Willie Nelson, Keith Whitley. So I loved, I guess I was drawn to the lyrics and like the crying of the steel guitar. I just loved it. Hmm. The fiddle. Acoustic instruments. Yeah. And, and, And of course, country music is about storytelling, isn't it? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, that's a great point. That's a great point. What would you say your biggest obstacle that you've overcome in your journalism career? Leaving the teaching profession in uh, Corona Queens a few few years back. That was a very big defining moment for me because the world became my oyster. But it was it was an obstacle. It was challenging. So tell us about the challenges you faced when you did that. Back then, I also taught fourth grade in the public school system for quite a number of years. And it was just it was hard because we were like 34 kids to one teacher per class. And like at the time, it was like 40 percent of your rating was how well the kids were doing on the New York State Common Core test. And I felt it was very difficult for the adults alone to do, let alone the fourth graders. So. When the moment I gave them my 30 days notice was like such a liberating feeling for me because I got to turn my uh, part-time job journalism into my full-time job and then the rest is history. That's how I branched out into the swimming world. Was there challenges around, you know, supporting yourself as a journalist uh, when you first started? No, 
fortunately for me with uh, all these years I've uh, people know me and I'm red and I get the views so it was it was I was able I've had enough success to keep going so that was fortunately for me never an issue after tens of thousands of articles how would you say journalism has changed in in your career with the digital age it's uh, I start out with like my huge tape recorder bringing them to all these interviews like 14 years ago and I'm like now I do everything on my Olympus audio recorder. It's like, or sometimes on my cell phone and I don't have to like go with a cassette tape. It's it's just a different world, so to speak. I can uh, text it to myself, then I can transcribe it on my computer in no time from my phone. It's a lot easier. So the technology has made writing and recording and uh, easier. I'm doing Zoom interviews like for the last five or six weeks and five or six weeks ago, I had no idea what that was. Yeah, many of us have gotten a new introduction to Zoom. <laughs> right. So, you know, just sort of a follow-up on that, you you talked about sort of influence, you know, do you do you think that that you are able to you know, how are you able to influence people through your journalism? With the story anytime like all these like big names they share my stories, I get a, thousands and thousands of views and like I get like responses and the people are telling me like, oh, they learned so much about their favorite artists that they never knew or favorite athlete. And it's just, it's really inspiring because uh, I'm just writing it as I would. And then it's like your diary to the world on each person's story. Do you have any stories about when you first started out and how you dreamed of interviewing some really big people that you, now you've interviewed them and, and what that feels like to achieve a big goal like that? Well, yeah, back then in uh, college, I would go to like a few interviews a semester if I was lucky, like two interviews a semester. And now I do two an hour these days. It's a very big difference. So you're doing a lot more. A lot more. Now they all come to me. Back then I had to beg. I had to tell them, look, I want to interview so-and-so. Now it's the other way around. Now it's, uh, that's one of, that's the hardest task for me lately is who to say no to every day because I get anywhere from 1,000 to 2,500 pitches every day. Oh my gosh, that's wonderful. Friday is the hardest because it's New Music Friday. So all the new artists, all these record labels bombard me with, I wake up every Friday to like thousands of pitches because once you're known for like your efficiency and your turnaround rate, they all come to you. They have like, they already have like three or four lined up for you. So how do you decide? I go with what's popular at the time based on, now I get to pick and choose, which is nice, but I get to see like somebody that I haven't done before. What's the most unique at the time? What's more most relevant? You do so many uh, interviews with entertainers and, and swimmers and, and, and musicians and, and sports people. Is there one recently maybe that stuck out with you, a, a story that somebody told you that maybe that, that impacted you? Yeah, one of my biggest heroes in life is the magician Chris Angel. And I always idolize him because, you know, he's also Greek American heritage and he's also grew up on Long Island like me. And I always wanted to interview him in life. And it's funny, I don't know if you read in the book, I mentioned that uh, one of my college professors asked us to write two truths and a lie about ourselves on the first day of class as an icebreaker in graduate school. And one of the lies that I wrote down was I interviewed Chris Angel. And then uh, the professor was like, uh, I told you to write down two truths and a lie, Mark. It was not two truths and a dream. And everybody laughed at me. I'm like, oh, but five years later, I was able to make that dream a reality. And I told him that. And I was like, he told me, Marcos, it took me 15 years to be an overnight success. And I feel that's the same way for me today with like 14 years to be an overnight success. Like it's no such thing. It's like years of um, trials and tribulations. It's like Pandora's box. 
It's like exasperation, hard work, highest highs, lowest lows, and all the joys and successes that come along the way. How did you finally get that interview? Um, he was playing, uh, the, he was doing a magic show at the Paramount, and then I told the venue, which that's my main venue, so I work with them all the time, told me I'd love to interview him, and I would, I would put him in every publication I worked for at the time, including the Greek press, because uh, he's Greek and they love him. And sure enough, they got me him because it, he made the cover of several Greek American publications in, in addition to Digital Journal and uh, what other outlets I was freelancing at the time. So it was nice. That's a great, that's a great story. It is. What advice would you give to someone that wants to get into, you know, maybe journalism, but maybe just a competitive career? What, what advice would you give someone? Start early. Write for your college or high school newspaper. Get a develop a portfolio of your work. That's what I've done. Like I've had like a scrapbook of all my articles all these years. So that way I can track my own growth. And at the same time, I can show agents, publicists, or managers what I can do for them. And that way I give them a reason to listen to me. You also, you're, you know, you're called, or people have called you, and maybe you even call yourself a power journalist. And tell us what that refers to. Power journalist is my nickname because I work fast. Like I do an interview in like 10, 15 minutes tops, and I have it turned around the next hour while it's fresh in my head and it's done efficiently and uh, respectfully. So ever since, everybody's been calling me a power journalist because I work like a well-oiled machine. That's amazing that you're able to do that. And and is this something that you've worked at or you just realized it was just better if you just got it done quickly? I need it done right away because uh, while I was stressing my head and then they can't argue anything that was said a different otherwise because it was just done. And then uh, I'm like, this is what we, we just spoke about. Boom. How many articles are you writing a day, Marcos? Now, not as much, maybe like three or four, because, you know, there's not that many events to promote like a um, concerts and like sports wise but i still do the phone interviews to share the stories these days but yeah yeah only three or four that sounds like a lot to me <laughs> what, what, was, what was it before the, the quarantine sometimes eight to twelve wow that's a big difference especially on a saturday it would be like all day i would be like uh rounding out my week's articles and yeah so you obviously have this amazing work ethic what other things do you think characteristics traits do you think has made you successful fast turnaround rate being gentle and kind because i pride myself in being the anti-tmz journalist that's why all these celebs they spill their they, they trust me it's about building trust with them and they just spill their guts out to me and they trust me that they're what they tell me is not going to come out in print it's gonna only what best represents each person because i feel me and the managers and the publicists, all us journalists and the subjects have the same goal, which is the, a good story. That way everybody benefits and you move on to the next level. Oh, gosh. I love that. Gentle and kind. I mean. That's the way to do it. Like, yeah. yeah I, we just... I'm like, the day you see me do anything TMZ remotely close is the day I call it quits because that's everything I don't stand for. So, yeah. Now that's that right there is a different kind of journalist in my opinion. I mean, I think that's that's a beautiful thing. Even Wonderful. if some of my interviews were like uh, not so good over the years, like people can never tell because I focus on on the positives and I delve beyond the surface and I find what motivates and drives this person I interview. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then you just turn around and write it down and get it out. Boom. 
That I I I love that. <laughs> I mean, that is, you know, talk about just hit it and do it and get it done. I mean, that is, and it's done. It's that's done. why if it takes two minutes to do something, do it now. That's has always been my philosophy in life. That's why I get so much done in a day. It's incredible. That's very inspiring to me because it's so easy to put off things that seem hard, but you just you just so what's okay other than your work do you handle other things that way like you know when you get up you know do you do the dishes right after dinner and <laughs> yeah, I make up my bed right away like the first thing I do uh-huh. is make up my bed I can't yeah I do yes and if I have food or dishes right in the sink yeah I just uh, brush my teeth everything is like if it takes two minutes to do do it then and there because that way you budget your time it's about time management do you find that are you amazed at how much you get done compared to others? Yes, because when I went up for a vacation in summer in Greece, I would what I would do in half a day here, I would do in one month there. It was like, <laughs> That's unbelievable. Like I was going out of my mind. Like I needed to to work. It was like crazy. It was like so relaxed over there. It's so beautiful. But yeah, I was like, wow. But it, this is in New York, so I'm used to it. It's like it literally is the city that never sleeps. How important is the the measure of productivity to you I, I like you i love the list getting things done crossing things off um it's something it's something i uh some of my friends really tease me about because they'll say did you have a good day and i'll say well yeah i got a lot done <laughs> or did you have a good day no i didn't get very much done so productivity is is important to me C- clearly it's important to you too and you and you sort of you have you keep track of how many articles you've written so so are you a list maker tell us tell me about your productivity yeah, strategies like old-fashioned like i write down like uh who i have to interview every day like i put in order like things that i have to do and it's uh when do i write everything and uh, how i space everything out and uh, so at worst case scenario i only have like one to write the next morning and that's it it gives me something to wake up to look forward to what do you do for fun when you're not working or is work work fun with the uh, entertainment, like I don't separate work and fun because at every concert I go to, it's like uh, joy. The only thing is that I have to go home and write about it, which is still easy for me, but I just love it. And uh, I love going to Greek restaurants and eating right before a show back when we could go out. And uh, I love uh, sometimes watching a digital drama series on like, you know, Amazon Prime or Hulu. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a firm believer that if you do what you love, you'll never work a day in your life. Like last year alone, I did, I wrote 2,400 articles. So that was intense. It came out to like six and a half articles a day. Wow. I can wow. work seven days a week, like 14, 16 or 18 hours a day, but I just love it. It's just, it's like they have to sedate me at night to go to bed. It's like <laughs> an adrenaline rush. Hmm, nice. That sounds like fun. Yeah. You have, it seems to me a lot, a lot of joy, you know, joy of living. Um, is that some, is that how your parents raised you or is that something that you've developed in yourself? Yes. My, my mom raised me that way. So, yeah. Is she like you? Yes. And then, <laughs> she's like the culinary equivalent because she's good with her cooking. <laughs> I love that. Wow. So she does yeah. lots and lots of cooking and, 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 and. She, but she's the most modest person. So like she, she doesn't want attention drawn on her. I'm like, I'm less modest than her, but I'm like, okay. Oh, that's, that's so nice. So Marcos, you um, have interviewed a lot of top, top swimmers, like we said in the intro, the A-listers. What do you like about interviewing swimmers? It's funny because, ironically enough, before that, September 2017, I was never meant to be a swimming journalist. I did one interview back then, with, and it changed my life, and it was Cody Miller. And then 
everybody else came snowballing after it. I guess uh, the word got out how fast and efficient I was and uh, everybody wanted somehow heard about me and they all send me pitches and stories to go in. Swimmers I love because they challenge me. The, the swimming articles keep me on my toes. Like I have to do my homework for them. I have to research and prepare every, like unlike musicians and singers, at this rate, I know what they're going to tell me before they do, but swimmers, I have to like research their stats, where they go to school. Like it's a lot. So those take longer to write, but I just, I just love them. I love their ambition, their drive, how they wake up early at 7.30 to train in the morning in a cold pool. It's just remarkable. 7.30. I think swimmers listening, would love, <laughs> they would love 7.30. I think it's more like 5.30, but that's funny. I think that's I said 4.30, but I could be. Oh, did you say 4.30? Yeah, okay. That's more like it. I thought yeah. you said 4.30, yeah, yeah. How and why did you get the interview with Cody? After the Olympics, I was asked to do like, oh, Marcos, try do something different. They wanted me to break out of my cell, like find a Olympian interview, preferably a swimmer. And I'm like, okay. But after the Olympics, it's hard to get a hold of anyone because you have to wait for the cool down period after any Olympics. So like six months later, then I started re branching out. But with my entertainment and music record, it, most of it uh, worked against me, but I found Cody and I told them that I would love to interview him. And this was before his blogging days and uh, it worked out. And then sure enough, he became an even bigger blogger. So it was really awesome. Yeah. So you've talked to all these champions. Yes. What traits do you think that champions have in common? Uh, setting lofty goals and doing everything in their power to accomplish them. They also surround themselves with people that are positive and better than them. That's what I feel. That and perseverance, ambition, and uh, not giving up is goes a long way. So you obviously are a champion yourself. And do you do you have lofty goals for your journalism career? Like, what's next for you? What 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 inspires you? Where do you see yourself in ten years? Um, I want to still keep doing what I'm doing, and uh, hopefully, I, my End goal is to reach 25,000 articles someday. Wow. Which is a little more than halfway there. But yeah, once I reach that, I'll be like, I think it's enough now. Now I can open my own PR firm at that rate. Is Would that be fun to have a, a tell me about opening a PR firm. What, what would that be like? I've worked with so many publicists every day. Like I would be open to either working at a label, working with them, because I feel it's like the reverse of what I do is like, pitching backwards for stories and I know the camaraderie and the journalism and a lot of journalists where I can get them press and vice versa because I've been in their shoes. I know what it's like on both ends. So what, what are the qualities of a good press agent? I feel like you already have them, but what do you perceive them to be? Be responsive. You have to like keep your pitches like three paragraphs brief and succinct because if you write like two, three pages, nobody's going to read it. Have like a convincing, uh, Headline pitch. It's all about how you word it. It's about uh, making products or services or the people marketable. Give them reason for the media to spotlight them, to feature them on their programs or outlets. Is that a goal that you've had for a long time? Uh, you know, reaching this the what is it twenty five thousand bylines? Someday, yeah. And then and then be opening a PR firm. Is that something that you've I just thought about, I was like, oh, that'd be cool after that. I would, cause you know, by then I'll, I would have, I'd be burned out by then. So yeah, I, I could probably pull that off or I'll go into academia and do, maybe I could go and become a journalism teacher. 
What are some of your favorite favorite country artists? Dolly Parton, Martina McBride. I love the classics. I love George Jones, Emmy Lou Harris, Don Williams. Bonnie Raitt. Oh, I love Bonnie Raitt. Yeah. I can't make you love me. And, yeah. uh, I love uh, Patsy Cline, Loretta Lynn, Tammy Wynette. Yeah, Hank Williams Jr. Have you interviewed Mary Chapin Carpenter? Not yet. No, she's more uh, on the private side, but I'd love to. Yeah, she's got one of my favorite songs she's, that's ever been written is I Feel Lucky. Yes, I like that one. And um, I like Transcendental Reunion. Oh, I'll have to check that out. And uh, Passionate Kisses. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Those written are, by Lucinda Williams. Oh, very nice. So you're, you obviously love music. Do you have any musical background? I play a little piano, and I, I used to sing in chorus in high school, so I still sing. So, yeah. Uh, are you very close to your family still? Are they in there? Mom, I live with my mom. Yeah, I love her. She's, uh, yeah, all the time. Yeah, she's so okay. great at me. So she, does she cook for you every day? <laughs> I'm just jealous. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, her famous bistro, Effie's Bistro. Hmm. Yeah, I've seen some of your social media posts with plates that your mom cooked for meals. They're so like, good. They're oh, so good. no, I want that. <laughs> I'm trying to get her to do a cooking show, but she's so shy that, and, you know, with the language barrier, she's scared. But I'm like, Mommy, you're more famous than I am. Everybody on Long Island loves you. So, yeah, it's like, she's just so shy. She's like camera shy. She's, she thinks her English will work against her, but that's. I would love to do her to do a cooking show these days, like online. Oh, that That's would be so idea. fun! I would People always that. ask for her recipes, and I just I I want, I want to see them, her making it because that's the only way that we can learn. Yeah, like there was something she put together the other day that I never thought of, and then it looked so delicious. Was uh, quinoa and eggs? Yes, quinoa and eggs. Yeah. I was like, oh my gosh, what a great you know, combo. You don't even think of that, but I'm a gluten-free person and that's, that would be good. And I loved her, you know, the green peppers look like the feta or goat cheese, whichever you prefer. It's like so well done. Oh, yummy. Yum. <laughs> we're getting, so we're getting I just have, lunch. Yeah. Since we've talked about food, I just have to ask you about exercise. Since you uh, interview uh, athletes, is, is, is um, athleticism at all part of your life? Well, um, in Greece, when in the 90s, I did triple jump in my local track and field, which was fun. Yeah. I took and a taekwondo for 12 years. Oh, wow. So uh, I'm a, I have several black belts in that. These days, I just do walking and I do, you know, like uh, the dumbbell exercises and uh, my push-up pro to like stay in shape during the quarantine. Well, we we like to respect your time and keep you you know, at about a half hour here today. So um, as uh, our last question, we'd like to ask you, is there anything that we have not asked you that you would like to share with our listeners? I just uh, want to compliment the Champions Mojo podcast and how much I love it. <laughs> I love it. It's, uh, it's perhaps my favorite sports one because I've interviewed the mass majority of your athletes, guests and coaches. And uh, But each time I learn anywhere from five to 20 things about them, which is incredible. Oh, thank you. Oh, that's thank you. So that's so nice. That's so nice. Yeah. Well, and this, we, and, yeah. Yeah. And this is why people want to let you interview them because you are just so kind. Like yeah. you said, kind and gentle. Yeah. So great. And I just want to list, I want to shout out some of my favorite swimmer interviews, if I could say, some that stood out to me. Yes. I love Caleb Dressel. I love the Chad Leclerc. 
Michael Andrew and his family, Michael, Tina, and Peter Andrew, Ryan Murphy, Nathan Adrian, Michael Chadwick, Lenny Quaselberg, Jason Lezak, Natalie Coughlin, Beryl Gastaldello, Josh Davis, Christopher Reed, Guilherme Guido, the Brazilian swimmer, also Felipe Lima, Ryan Held, Cody, of course, Cody Miller, Aaron Pearsall, and last but not least, the legendary Rowdy Gaines. Oh, nice. Oh, yeah, yeah. They were great. Now, did you say Josh Davis? Because you told me he was one of your very, very favorites. Yeah, yeah. I didn't want you to forget Josh because you connected us to him and he was a joy. He was yeah. an amazing interview. Yeah. I love all of them that do their clinics or that they do to help the younger generation. It's incredible. Yeah, they're incredible. Well, you're incredible, Marcos, and we really appreciate you spending the you time too. with us today. It's been fantastic. And uh, Thank you for having me. Hope well, to see yeah. you soon in a in a press room somewhere. Hopefully, sooner than later. Yeah, sooner miss, than later. The events. Well, awesome! Thank you so much for your Thanks time. Thanks so much, Marcos. Yeah. I really appreciate mine. it. Thank you, Mary, Par- uh, Mary Parker, and the Cody Powers. All right, you're welcome. Bye bye. Bye. Takeaways, takeaways, takeaways. We've heard from you that your favorite section of our podcast is the takeaways. Thank you so much for that feedback. But before we get to the takeaways today, we wanted to ask you if you would please give us a five-star review. That way, more people will be able to find our podcast. Also, if you could subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher or Spotify, you'll never miss a podcast episode if you subscribe. And please share our podcast with your friends. And now, the takeaways. So, Maria, oh, I, you know... Marcos is just such a great guy. How did, what were your thoughts? Yeah, he's, you know, it didn't necessarily come out in our interview with him, but he has helped us a lot. And, you know, we, uh, you know, he really believes in, in helping people and he's, yeah, he's there, there's something about him. He's, he's, I think he's very special. Yes. He, he's got as, you know, my husband, Mark's Mark, he calls him his, my, my husband calls Marcos his, fellow namesake they've talked on the phone a couple of times and mark says marcos just has great energy and he does he's just so upbeat and he has a passion for life and he really is just a a great guy and my first takeaway is i loved when he said He's gentle and kind when he does interviews and he's the anti TMZ. And I, I just, I think the takeaway for all of us is that if this super successful power journalist, a journalist has the philosophy of being gentle and kind, if the world would adapt that, it would be a better place. Yeah, I, I'm sure it's why he's successful. And yeah, I, I, I love that. I mean, the, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And in, in today's day and age, particularly, we're recording this during a really dark period. I think in our history, uh, the whole world could absolutely use a lot more gentleness and kindness. Yes, yes. So what was your first takeaway? That was my first oh, one. Oh, oh, yeah. Well, you know, I, I totally love his attitude towards productivity. Whoa, whoa, r- surprise, surprise, Maria. <laughs> hey, it must be on some, it must be some special gene. Just a, 
that just some of us have. But yeah, so the little rule, I mean, you know, if it takes under two minutes, just do it. But he's he's made his career on the quick turnaround. People trust him to, you know, do the interview and get the story right out, which, you know, that uh, we could, you know, there's this always this balance between, you know, quality and and efficiency. You know, it seems to me that he has found a niche by being both, you know, having both, you know, the, the gentle, kind interview, but also turning it around in a way that, so that people can use it. And, you know, there's that efficiency is really important. Productivity is is not something to be sneezed at. And I think he and he does it. You know, I think when you're productive, I think a lot of people who are productive are sort of not not kind and gentle. Right, <laughs> and right. so and so I guess maybe that's what's special about him is that he manages to be incredibly productive while he's also very kind and you know gentle you don't think of gentle gentleness and productivity in the same sentence but this this guy's got it. Yes, yes. Definitely that I love the quick turnaround. I think that's something that you know I I also like like while it's fresh on your mind. And right. I know right. you and I have been doing a lot of health coaching and one of the things that I always do after I have a session with a client is, well, I, if I do it right after, it is so much more quality and productive and easier on me. So I had a, a session yesterday and I was not able to make notes right afterwards. And I, and I had to go back later and oh, try to remember what went on. But when I make notes on a session with a client right afterwards. It is so much easier. It's just easier on me. So I love that while it's fresh on your mind. Yeah, I think I think that's, and I've had the exact same experience coaching. I generally write my uh, coaches an email, uh, and if I do it right away, then it's yeah, like you say, it's fresh. It's it's more appropriate. If it if something gets in the way of that, then it's it's not nearly as good. So yeah, love it. Yes. Love it. Okay, my second takeaway. It didn't happen in the interview, but it happened today at the interview and right before the interview. And it's also in his uh, chapter of the book is he highly believes in punctuality. And this is, this is something just like you're drawn to productivity. I am drawn to being punctual. I, people who are highly punctual, I honor them and I, I, envy them because I am not the most punctual person <laughs> and it's terrible. I'm trying to get better. And I knew that Marcos was going to be early because in his book, he recommends to new journalists or people trying to be successful that they get there. You know, he even says 30 to 45 minutes early. So I'm thinking, okay, our interviews at this time, is Marcos going to be on the line waiting, you know, 30 minutes early. So sure enough, I knew Marcos was going to be early and I checked in to meet him on zoom early and he was already in the waiting room just being punctual is something that he practices and i think is a really good takeaway one that i need to work on and i'm going to work on and that i think is just it's a it's a trait of champions yeah i well i would just say personally you have become way more i've known you for a long time and you're you're very punctual now uh so i think it's something that you've succeeded in working on and it shows Punctuality is as an extension of the rest of Marcos's character in that it shows respect for others. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I, yeah, I, I think that's a really, and it's something that I need to work on too. I was the last person in the room. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, 
<laughs> so um and i and i read the chapter two and thought oh, i'll bet i bet he's gonna be there early yeah, <laughs> but, yeah. I, but because i like to be productive i try to do one more thing <laughs> one more thing my my thing <laughs> that's a, my thing that always makes me late is on the way to the garage are the washer and dryer and un, un, inevitably, I have a wet load in the washer that needs to be switched to the dryer. And I always think it's going to take less time than it does. So I, that's the amount of time that it takes to switch my wash to the dryer is usually the amount of time that I'm late somewhere. So that's funny. Yeah. That's great. All right. So yeah, what was your yeah final takeaway? Yeah, it's a great thing to end with. And you know, Marco said that helping others makes it all worthwhile. He, and he has helped us so much. And I just, that, that's so beautiful to, you know, to, to build a life and a career around helping others. And it's why he's been successful because, you know, who, who wouldn't give an interview to a guy who believes in being punctual, gentle and kind and wants to help you. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. so I think that is a trait of champions that we don't talk about that much. I think a lot of our champions actually do do that and have expressed it in some way, but he just is very out there. He, and he walks the, walks the talk. He says he wants to help you and he does help you and he has helped us. So I love that as, um, as a takeaway, we, yeah, it's never hurts to help somebody else. And it's a great, icebreaker and and trust builder so within the first five minutes of meeting marcos like i told the story in the press room he was like oh well you know hey it's nice to meet you who can i help connect you to i have a lot of connections to people and it was just within the first five minutes so i'm like immediately i like this guy he's nice and boy what you know what a great guy to go out of his way and do this and i know he does it for everyone well yeah and and, and he has the attitude is that it's not like a limited pie you know right. you're both journalists you know he could have the attitude that he's going to sort of hoard his interviews but he didn't he right. shared them right and you know so he you know that generosity begets generosity and that generosity and helping others makes the world a better place and 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 for him he says it makes it all worthwhile for him. It pays him back. Yeah. He enjoys it. It's it makes things, you know, better for him, and it and, and makes him the wonderful man that he is. Yes, yes, and it makes me want to help him. And I've connected him to a few people that he either for some reason didn't have direct contact with or made it easier for him. So I feel good about that. Well, and you've always done that, Kelly. I mean, I, I that I mean, let me just say this. I I can remember some stories you've told, and it also. Every time I see you in a conversation with somebody, if I'm the bystander, you are looking for ways to help people. And so I think you, I think that's ingrained in you. And it's not necessarily ingrained in all of us. A lot of us feel a little bit possessive and jealous of what we have and we don't necessarily want to give. But I think maybe that's why you and Marcos, you know, hit it off so well, because I've seen you do that time and time again. And, you know, with strangers, with family members, you know, you see a need and you try to meet it and, and help. So I think you're already doing that. Well, thanks, Maria. I, I think you do that too. And I, I just think it's, it feels good. So, you know, it does, we, it we, does. I, you know, a lot of people say is, is the, is it, is it um, self-serving to help others because you feel good, but that's another philosophy that, that I, I just think feels good. So, right. Well, right. very good. Well, the, another one um, in the books and so, so great to finally get Marcos on the show. Yeah. It was really fun. Yeah, it was. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. And thank you, Kelly. I love you. I love you too, Maria. Thanks. Have a great day.
All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. This week's quote of the week comes to us from Marcos Papadados. Success is not success unless it is shared with other people. You've been listening to the Champions Mojo podcast with host Kelly Palace and Maria Parker. Champions Mojo is produced by Cabra Media, and a new episode debuts every Tuesday. Subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts and leave us a five-star review. Follow Champions Mojo on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Champions Mojo.